Hello, this is AJ Roberts, 15-year British Forces veteran, entrepreneur, high-performance coach and loving father and husband. This podcast is for the motivated, for the inspired, for those looking to level up their lives through fitness, nutrition and their mindset. Welcome to The Best Version of You. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Best Version of You. I'm AJ Roberts, and today I am super excited to bring you an unbelievable gentleman who many of you may know from the world of NFL. Um, He's a retired NFL player from the LA Raiders and now adventurer, if we can call him that, uh, and an entrepreneur and podcast host. Mr. Mark Patterson. Mark, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic, AJ. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and like I, when I reached out to you and asked you if you'd like to come on the show, it was uh, an absolute honour well, to have you on, per- firstly, but to, to get back to us and share this time with us. I know you're a really busy man. You've got a lot, a lot going on in your world at the moment. Yeah. Um, but with that, everything that you have going on, um, just uh, briefly talk about your the, the transition and how like you went from NFL star to suddenly doing um, in the corporate world and, and climbing mountains. What was that transition like? Was it uh, quite difficult going from like <clears throat> full on athlete to sort of quick change direction? Yeah, no, it, look, it, it, it was, uh, there's no question. And, and, you know, to frame it up, um, I played in the NFL a long time ago. I mean, I, I have to start thinking about, you know, the actual amount of years, but it's been a couple of decades now for sure. And, um, and when I transitioned out many years ago, it was very difficult because uh, I, it was when I was around 29, 30 years old. And if you can imagine doing something and loving that sport all the way along through, through growing up, through college, and then into the NFL. So it's years and years and years of really dedicating yourself towards that one thing that you absolutely love. And unlike so many other things that you do in life, um, in the world of professional sports, you know, when you're done, you're done, and you literally just go off the cliff. And in those days, um, they did not have any follow-up programs like they do now in the NFL to really help guys come along. And so, you know, I was pretty much a lost soul for a couple of years. I had a lot of things going and money wasn't a problem, but um, just in terms of what was my purpose, what was I going to do next? And so probably for the next, uh, gosh, 15, 20 years um, really was in the world of me starting my own businesses. I, I had a marketing business and I went around to all the different corporations. I lived in Seattle at the time, very entrepreneurial. And so I worked with Starbucks and Microsoft and Amazon and these types of companies. And so um, uh, it, you know, it was a pretty good run. I got married. I had some kids and, uh, and then about 10 years ago, things started to fall apart, not professionally necessarily, but with my relationship. And that's really the transition now of getting into the mountains, trying to become the first NFL player to ever climb the seven summits. And I, I was stuck. I didn't know which way to turn. I didn't want this thing to happen, but at the end of the day, um, stuff happens to each one of us. We're not alone. I'm not unique to you. You're, we all, things happen, right? Yeah. And the question is, you know, like, how do you adjust and how do you adapt to that? And that's what led me into the mountains to really to get clarity because I needed a big goal to really put out there for me to go attain and get after and get excited about life again. And that's what helped in, in, in some sense pull me out of this, this fog 
um, to get clarity in the mountains. Wow, that's amazing. And um, I'm, I'm sure there's so many people uh, in, in the audience that listen to the, the podcast on a weekly basis that can totally relate to what you're saying, especially guys, not just that have had to transition from sport, but um, I have a lot of people that listen from my background in the military. Um, you know, you join when you're 16 sometimes and all you know is, you know, military, 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 yeah. way through until you do 22 to 24 years. And then next thing you're like, you're out. And then that's it. You, you are, the essence is you are forgotten about quite quickly. <laughs> um, um, but, but you as a person, you've got to fight to make the next chapter of your life work as best you can. And you don't want to like morally and emotionally uh, just take a downward, downward um, spike. You, you know, you want to kind of like keep climbing um, for your own benefit, really. So I totally understand what you're saying. I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's, it's a really hard, um, like it is a really hard transition and you have no choice but to adapt and overcome. It's, um, would, you, would you say um, having that like raw camaraderie, the, the leadership side of things like helped you in that transition? Like trans, as it's transferable skills taking you from that, you know, that mindset and that arena into civilian life, so to speak? Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, one of the things I found is my greatest strength is never, ever giving up. And I found my, one of my greatest weaknesses is never, ever giving up and knowing to call it. And, and I think that was part of the frustration as I was going from professional sports in the NFL of that I had all this energy and I kept thinking about this. It was, it's clear as day to me um, as I was thinking about it many years ago is that I'm destined to do something wonderful and great but it was just a matter of taking that energy and transitioning it over into this new thing that it was going to do. And I also had to come to grips <clears throat> with this. And that is, is that <clears throat> there is no job out there that I've ever been involved in that gives me the same high and thrill as it is, is catching the last second touchdown and being carried off the field and being on magazines and TV. I mean, you just don't get that right. And so it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of, of shift of maturity of just rechanneling. And so you can find something and then taking that same energy that, that I used um, to get to where I got to in the NFL to now um, transition that into something and some businesses, which I started. And I, I mentioned this before, uh, to you before we went live. I'm, I raised about $12 million. And we started a gaming company out of Seattle and ultimately ended up in 700 different retail locations, seven countries. And that was a wild ride. And so, you know, again, rechanneling that energy and learning new things and adapting and, and, and going after that particular goal. Wow. That's a, that's a, but from the point of NFL, um, did you go straight into the NFL from school, uh, from college? Yeah, the, there's a, there's a, in, in the world, I know that you know, where you live, you know, soccer is everything. Um, maybe you call that football there, but we call yeah. it soccer. And, you know, it's amazing worldwide sport. But in, in the world of, of uh, the NFL, the, the, the transition, there's typically a process. And that process has to go from going to high school. So that's when, you know, you're 16 to 18, 19 years old. And then you go on to uh, college. Um, and in college, I got a scholarship. So I played a, a pretty prestigious university. We were very good in football. And then from that, um, scouts start coming around. And then there's a, there's, a, there's a draft order that comes up. And so they essentially take the top 
um, 300 kids uh, in the country and these kids get drafted. I got drafted by the LA Raiders and then that's the city you go to. So there's 32 teams, 32 cities, and that's where I happened to get picked by. It was an awesome pick. It was an amazing, you know, opportunity. Um, but that's typically the, the kind of the trajectory that you go on um, when you're in the NFL, when you get to the NFL. And then it's a bear to, you know, once you get there, there's no guarantees. So, you know, you get signed up and everything, but only 1% of all people who try out from all the way from, you know, from the very beginning, all the way through all these different levels, only 1%, less than 1% make it. Yeah, it's very similar to the, the Premier League um, in UK, where, yeah. you know, you've got all these different tiers of leagues, um, and they reckon it's only 0.01% or something of, um, of kids who go to academies actually make it into the Premier League as a uh, Premier League footballer. Yeah. Um, do, would you say, or is, is it because, um, do you have to go to college to be able to get into the NFL? Is that, is that, is that to kind of sort of uh, future-proof you in case you don't make it and you get injured or you see you've still got an education and, and stuff like that? Is that the no, reason? No, it, it really has nothing to do with education. It's just, it's just like the way it is, you know, in the world of basketball, the NBA, um, there are some examples like LeBron James that have made the leap. There's only a couple of them, but like, you know, he's so physically big and strong at that age. But in football, um, th there's no circumstance where some kid went from high school and, you know, you're just not mature enough. You're not big enough. You're not physically able to take on the power of the NFL. And certainly it's so complex and there's 11 people versus 11 people. It's not five on five. So it's just, it's it's there is no circumstance of anybody ever jumping from high school you know to the nfl nobody would take that chance no, nobody would ever take that risk well um do you have often have occasions where you might find um somebody out there who's big strong fast um that's from a low-income family that doesn't go to college but is of uh, say 20 21 years old that might play in just a local team on a weekend you know for a pastime is there occasions where those people get sort of scouted and make it in the NFL or is it they have to go to college? I mean, for the most part, it's college. And kind of to your point, if, if there's some circumstance where some lower income kid can't get to college, you can also go to the junior college route in pretty much um, all state, um, you know, California, the state of Washington, the state, they accept you can't hold somebody back if they want to go to college. It's typically a two-year college. And you can start to get your feet wet um, in terms of getting some experience. But, you know, the NFL, the scouts, they want to see you playing against real competition. And they want to see your skills at that level, not just running around on some play field. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's just as ruthless back here with uh, the academy sort of setups with all, not just Premier League teams, but uh, the lower tiers as well. Uh, my son plays for a good, a good county side. and. Um, we just had another player signed by an academy today and he's the 11th player to sign for a professional football team's academy um, in like three seasons, I think, which is really good. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's quite a tough one, isn't it? Um, so when you went, obviously college and you first started, did you find, was your first year the hardest, would you say? Like just trying to keep, <clears throat> keep at that level and sort of pay back why they invested in you, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole time was, was difficult. And, I, I, you know, in my case, uh, like all levels, you have your David Beckhams, right? The top of the top. 
and then you have everybody else that fall down. And I was one of those guys that keep 55 players. And I was always like the 54th, 55th, 53rd player, you know, on the team struggling. And so I always um, had to battle and battle and battle to scratch and claw my way there. But at the end of the day, you're either in or you're out, right? You're either on the team or you're not on the team. And, and I'm in the club, right? So that's all that matters. But, um, you know, there was no year that really was like the easy year because every year you have these new young bucks coming up and they want to take your spot. Maybe it's the same thing in the military where these dudes coming up, they're all gunned up and they, they want to be the big man on campus. And that's not going to happen, right? And so you got to make sure that, you know, experience does count. Um, and, and having a clear understanding of, of the path and the process counts. But, you know, again, every year they've got these new hotshots coming in, just like, you know, when I came in, I was trying to take somebody's job and now somebody's trying to take mine and there's moves and there's trades and there's being cut and all this stuff. And, and so it's just a constant, you know, stressful place to be. I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, I was never secure in what we were doing. And mainly because in the NFL, unlike probably every other sport, that once you get signed to a contract, they can cut you any time and they're not obligated to pay any of that money to you wow. after you get cut. Right. So you're always on kind of a week to week thing. Wow. Yeah. That's that, that can be quite mentally draining, I guess, if you um, have a couple of bad games um, or, you know, if you if a bit, go into a bit of a rut for a couple of months, um, uh, as well as a, from a professional point of view, that must be quite, well, if you go into a rut for a couple months, I mean, you're talking about big money and you're talking about owners and pressure and head coaches being fired. They'll get rid of you and they'll find somebody else. It's that simple. And so, um, again, I, I think, though, at the end of the day, what this all leads to for me has been this um, thing that I know you probably have, too, AJ, from being a military guy, and that's creating a really strong mindset. Yeah. And, and I don't believe that you can go out and read a bunch of books and sit in your room and think about having a strong mindset. I think you have to go out and you have to develop your body, which I still continue to do, and push it to levels that most people won't go, which then develop, develops a really strong mindset mm -hmm. to go through obstacles that you never thought possible, to do things that you didn't even think you could possibly do and to never give up, even though when all odds are against you at that particular moment in time. Yeah, and that was actually going to lead me on to uh, my next question about like the level of mindset you developed as, a, as an NFL player to you know, continually, continually stay <clears throat> at the top um, to, toward, you know, until your career, the career ended. Um, it takes a hell of a lot of discipline. And I guess no matter what sport you play at, if you're playing at that top elite level, your mindset's got to be pretty rock solid. Yeah, well, it wasn't always that way, I don't think. And, and I, I, want, I want to get into a little bit more about that because it's, it's, it's um, you know, everything works differently for different people. But certainly in my case, um, when I came out of high school, um, it's different now because people start working out and there's weight workouts and CrossFit and all this stuff, you know, at a much earlier age. But in those days in high school, I had enough talent that was kind of better than everybody else. And when I got to the University of Washington, which is located in Seattle, um, you know, I was, I was six foot one, 181 pounds. I could not bench my weight. And, and so um, as I looked out on the field, I saw all these former All-Americans that were kind of where I was at one point in time, but they're big and strong, confident, and they were knocking people's block off. And I was not that guy at all. 
And so um, there's a famous basketball coach uh, that, that coached at UCLA. His name is John Wooden. Um, he's very famous because he had these famous basketball players and, and he won all these championships here in the States. And this is college now I'm talking about. And so he developed this thing called the Pyramid of Success. And the Pyramid of Success is essentially 25 different building blocks of individual and team goals that help you achieve uh, the very pinnacle of success in anything you're looking to do. And so for me, it was getting bigger, getting stronger, getting faster, getting in the classroom, learning my plays, knowing the routes as a team, you know, coming together and doing all these things. And at the end of the day, um, it, it's really not only helped me f through football because it's given me, you know, um, many goals that lead to bigger goals that lead to a grand goal um, of accomplishment, but it's also transitioned over and using those same principles to business and also through um, the things I'm doing right now, which is I'm heading off to Everest, you know, in March yeah. and attack that. And, you know, I'm training like an animal, but again, there uh, is, it's not kind of random of how these things are happening. It's come from this daily discipline of, of um, many goals. And then with a grander, um, a goal that I have that I'm trying to reach for, then trying to go after, but there's only one way to do it. And that's through this certain process, I believe. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it, that, what you're doing there or what you were taught by your coach is um, something I teach a lot of my um, online clients is, uh, you know, we've all got this big goal or, or the end game, what we're trying to achieve. Um, but I show a lot of them like a really good way of achieving that is kind of like reverse engineering it and then breaking it down into the small goals. And then you suddenly think, look at it and go like, well, actually, it's not that bad. It's actually quite achievable. Um, whether that's making a certain amount of money or losing a certain, um, certain amount of weight um, and stuff like that. And when you actually break that down into small individual goals over time, um, you, you can actually see, actually, if I keep, keep hitting those sort of milestones, then the end goal is much more clearer than what it would be just by looking at it from a distance. Well, and the thing is, you know, um, I made it to the very pinnacle of, of, of sport, you know, playing in the NFL, but I didn't jump from Little League when I was just, a, you know, eight, nine years old. I didn't go from Little League to the NFL. I went through Little League and then made my way up, you know, eight, nine, yeah, the, the eight-year-old group, the nine-year-old group, the 10-year-old group, then in high school and then to college, you know. So I went a long time to ultimately, I mean, I didn't hit the NFL until I was 22 years old. Right. So that's a whole lot of years in there of honing my skill. And just like with the mountains that I'm doing right now, you know, um, uh, I started on a little lot of little mountains. And then when I when I put this thing in play, like I want to become the first NFL player to climb the seven summits, I went down and I, I drew up a plan. And the first mountain I went to was Mount Kilimanjaro down in Tanzania. It's got all the height. So it tests you in that way, but it doesn't have any of the technical stuff. And so I've made my way around the globe, getting a little bit more complex, a little bit more technical, um, a little higher. Um, every mountain has a certain like nuance to it. Um, and again, just like just like um, my athletic career, my NFL career, um, I'm starting on smaller mountains. And now after all these years, I'm now finally at the granddaddy Mount Everest coming up. And so, you know, I feel like I put myself in that position to 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 take that on because I've been doing all these, like, as you said, these mini steps to get you to your ultimate goal. Yeah. hundred percent. And um, just for the benefit of the, the listeners and the viewers, um, would you give us an idea of the mount, uh, the names of the mountains that you've done so far? Yeah, right on the uh, it's been, it's been a, but by, by the way, 
before I do that, I want to talk about something else because um, I, I think this has to do with everything. And, and, and I, I didn't realize this at the time, but um, I said, I told you before I was, I was going through a rough breakup and my dad died kind of all at one time. And so I was, I was in this really stuck um, uh, place. And so the kind of the whole theme where I'm going with all this is that, that, you know, for me to go out on my own to, you know, move out of the house to, um, you know, start climbing mountains around the world, which I wasn't familiar with, like, how do you do that? Right. Things like that. Um, there was just a whole bunch of things in that, in that box of, of, of unknown. Uh, for me, it was really stepping into the fear. And I think that's the main message. Like if I, if I talk to anybody or anybody asks me, it's just like stepping in the fear has given me back so many gifts. The best thing my now ex-wife did is throw me out because I've had this great self-discovery on, you know, doing a podcast and doing public speaking. And, and I've started a charity. I've got something now called Amelia's Everest, which is my daughter who has epilepsy. So I've been able to shift and use this platform towards something that I, I would have never have done. I moved to a ski town in the middle of, of Idaho called Sun Valley, you know, and so there's a lot of amazing things. So a part of that path and now getting to your question, the first mountain that we went after was <clears throat> Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in Tanzania. It's 19,333 feet. It's actually the highest mountain from floor to ceiling there is in the world. The second mountain then, I went off to Europe um, in your neck of the woods, sort of. I was in Russia and climbed the highest mountain in, in, uh, in Europe called Mount Elbrus. And uh, that was a crazy one because we got up into an electrical storm. Somebody died from electrical strike. Wow. Um, and it just showed the reality of a mountain, how things can turn from being a glorious, beautiful sunrise, you know, coming up the mountain to violent and you know tragically ending somebody's life um that the uh, the third mountain i flew down to australia uh i call it the fun seven mount a mountain called mount kosciuszko i think you can only say that if you actually go climb that mountain <laughs> and then uh after that i went uh, flew down to argentina and uh there's a mountain there called uh, mount aconcagua um and that is at 23,000 feet so, so that really challenged me on whether or not i could go to altitude or not and then uh, the next next year, I went to Denali, and that's where I ran into a lot of problems. Um, Denali is a is in the is in the state of uh, Alaska here in the U.S. It's the highest uh, mountain in North America, and it can be very brutal. It can be very cold, um, and some people think it's harder than actually Mount Everest because you have to carry your own weight. So I was carrying about 137 pounds up a mountain, um, avalanches, crevasses, um, cold. And that, that first year that I tried it in 2017, um, we were pushed back by minus uh, 80 degree weather up on top. And wow. so, you know, that's, you're talking your life and your limbs and fingers and everything else. And so um, didn't make it. We decided to turn back around um, and came back the next year in 2018. And uh, I summited, uh, which I was really excited about. So I don't have to go back and actually do that mountain again. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. Um, and then, uh, and then last uh, January, 2019, I climbed, I was down in Antarctica and climbed a mountain called Mount Benson. And, um, uh, and so I'll be taking on Mount Everest, my seventh mountain coming up. And I've actually climbed now, as we, I just mentioned, I've been on Denali twice and I went back and did a, a water project and also climbed Kilimanjaro with other Green Berets and NFL guys um, back to uh, Kilimanjaro for my second time. So I'm jacked up about it and I'm very excited to go to Nepal and really experience 
this whole new thing I've always dreamt about Mount Everest, like a lot of people. And, you know, I can't believe I'm actually going to go experience it. Would you obviously providing, um, you, you know, you do, you do summit and I really hope you do. Will it be your biggest achievement, do you think? Or one of? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think I, that, that, that the, a lot of people have said to me, Mark, you know, your seventh is coming up and assuming, you know, you summit, is that it? And the answer is no. Actually, I'm only, I'm only beginning. And again, going through this really tough time has really given me um, that fuel of recognition of so many people as they float into their 50s, 60s, 70s, they have this thing called retire. I will never retire. And I've been able to do some cool things, start businesses, play in the NFL, now climbing these crazy mountains around the world. But think of all the things I haven't done. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a, there's a few more mountains, big mountains. I want to go, um, go climb. So that's one thing. But beyond that, another goal, which I didn't even realize I, I had knocked out the four hardest ones, but, um, here in the United States, we have 50 individual states, which makes up the U S and I want to go climb the highest mountains uh, in every state. What a great way to see the U S mm-hmm. and then, you know, I'll come up with something, you know, to do in Europe I and mean, come your way. Right and go to every pub in, in the UK or something. I don't know. Literally one on every corner. Yeah, 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 right on. But, uh, you know, no, so the, the, I think it's just, it, it's right now I'm focused on the, the goal at hand, so that's the only thing I'm, I'm worried about um, and, and focused on. And once I get done with that, it will be cool. Um, but now it's like, okay, what's next? And that's really what this, this whole stepping into the fear discovering myself on a different level, challenging myself, putting a big goal out there, getting excited about life, having a zest and going after something. Yeah, oh, mate, I totally, totally agree with what you're saying. And um, it's almost like um, I'm very similar with that, that one more attitude. Um, I've always like, you know, one more rep, one more step, you know, one more, one more, rather than just say, well, actually, I'm just going to hit this and that's it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's people, people like, like some people call it, look at me and they go, God, you're so inspiring. I get, you know, I've, I've when I started this journey, um, I, I started some social channels two, three years ago now, and I've got an audience now over 400,000 and people say, gosh, you're so inspiring. And I'm not that inspiring. I, I'm just, I'm just the one who, who picked up my bag when nobody else did and had the initiative to pick up the phone and figure out how to fly down to um, to uh, Tanzania in the middle of Africa. I called, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I worked with a, um, a UK company, uh, a London-based company, and um, they were my outfitters and set us all up. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and that's all that anybody else can do. Anybody who actually gets off the couch, turns off the TV, walks out the door, they can do the same stuff I'm doing. It's just I do it and sometimes others don't. So whether you want to call it motivated or inspiring, but I think you got to put that goal out there in front of you. And I think part of that goal too is for me at least is I have something called a vision board. I'm going to show you, no, the audience can't see this, but you can ah. see over in my refrigerator, it's loaded. Fridge that. I never, that, I never actually thought that we've actually made one on a, um, an actual memo board. Yeah. But, but, but we're probably talking about the same thing, but it's like I have goals out there and I have things I want to go achieve. And so I put these things up so I see them every single day. I don't think you can actually achieve something unless you take it and with pen and paper 
on your computer, wherever, and write it down. So it's visually in front of you and not placed in a book in the, in the corner, yeah. but I have it posted up where I can see those things every single day. And it's a constant reminder, like, okay, not every day I get up and I'm charged up, like, you know, tearing out the door, like, let's go get this. And I have to be motivated myself, but I've got to this point where I feel guilty if I don't go and do what it, my intent was to do on that particular day, even though I'm not that motivated around going to do those things. So again, it's a mindset of shifting it and getting to like, if you don't do this, then you might not make your ultimate goal. And do you want that? No. So go do it. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest difference is quite simply procrastination. Um, and that's as in the person that has got the idea, um, but doesn't execute it. They don't pick up that bag and go for it. It's very much that, you know, you talk about it. Yeah. I, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to do this, but don't actually take drastic action. Um, nine times out of 10 to actually go and do that thing that you want to do. Um, well, so I call that, that's interesting. I love what you just said because I, I see that is the difference between willing and want. Yeah. Um, we all want to become millionaires. We all want to go climb Mount Everest, but are you willing to do the steps it takes kind of what you're just saying mm -hmm. to, and make the sacrifice, right? It's not fun climbing up some mountain in the middle of the night. I did that last night. I climbed up to the, matter of fact, last night, I, I, I climbed up this face um, on we have this thing called skinning. So you put this sandpaper type material on the bottom of your skis and I, and I skin ski up the hill. Yeah, that's the very top. Huh? That's Touring, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going up this super steep pitch. It took me an hour to climb it and um, my phone started ringing, this little phone. I pulled it out of my pocket and it fell on the snow and ice and it, the pitch was super steep. It went all the way back down the bottom. So I had to, I had to take, and I had to go all the way down the bottom. And so my choice was, do I just pack it in and go home? Or do I go back up to the top? Cause I hadn't reached the top. I got there like three quarters all the way up top. And so I said, I hadn't reached my goal. So I went down all the way down. I got my phone, put it in my pocket, zipped it up, turned around, put my skins on and went all the way back up the mountain again. It took me, I was up there, you know, half the night and came down with headlamps and everything. but it's just, again, you can take a shortcut and things always happen along the way. That's the traverse. That's the detour that you mm -hmm. got to take towards when things happen because no, nothing ever goes exactly as planned. But no, you got to no. be flexible to how that plan looks, but still have your, your end goal in mind. Yeah. And the more, the more you put yourself in them situations, the more you or the better you become uh, adapting and adjusting in those environments. Um, very similar to you, you have to in the military, for example, you've got no choice. You know, you have this big plan, you know, you get your orders and you're going to go execute a particular sort of like mission, for example, and it never, ever, ever goes exactly the plan. But, you know, the meat's bone of it there, but you'll have to adjust very, very quickly to the given, given scenario, just exactly like you did um, with the end goal, the end target in mind. Um, but to do that, you have to put yourself in that environment in the first place, or you have to get into your uncomfortable zone. Yeah, a lot of people like to be uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's, I think uncomfortable for me is public speaking. Uncomfortable for me is, you know, um, putting myself out there. Um, I'm, I'm doing this fundraiser right now for my daughter, Amelia Zeverest, and I'm trying to raise $29,000, 29, $29,029, $29, which is the height of Mount Everest. She has epilepsy. And so what that means, I have to go around to all these, um, these businesses here in town and ask for donations. And it's uncomfortable when I walk in there. Hi, my name is Mark and I'm climbing this mountain, but my daughter has epilepsy. I'm throwing an event. 
and I'm going to do a raffle. Will you please donate, you know, a dinner or skis or this or that? And that's uncomfortable for me to do. But the best thing that I can do is do exactly that. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying because I'm doing the exact same thing right now for my trip to Sierra Leone. Um, where I'm helping a load of amputees out in January and doing it this time of year. Um, it's been really, really difficult for people to make any form of donation at all. Yeah. That's been a battle in, in itself. Um, but, I, I, you know, it isn't, it isn't the most comfortable thing in the world at all. Like asking, asking people for donations financially or, you know, with like tangible objects to like raffle or something like that. It's, um, it isn't the most comfortable situation because you're asking people to do this, like when it's Christmas time and, you know, they have their own families and everything else like that. So, um, it is amazing when obviously people do do it, but it's, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I think another, I think another one of those characteristics that I, I really believe that you have to have that mindset around is be just being absolutely, I know you're this way, I can just tell, but being absolutely relentless. Yeah. Right. And so even though it's uncomfortable for me, like when I walk in, I take a big, you know, breath of, of air and I go, okay. And, and I think not about going and, and doing the thing that's uncomfortable for me as much as what am I doing this for? I'm doing this for my daughter. I'll do anything for my daughter. So that's what's helping me be relentless to go and achieve that goal. Yeah. Some people have said, forget it. And some, a lot of people have said, I think it's amazing. So you just never know, and you never know unless you step into the fear. It all goes full circle back, right? Yeah, and no, it's been exactly the same. I've had on one side, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to help. You know, here's some money. Um, you know, it's amazing what you're doing. And then on the other hand, I've had grumpy old Brits going, well, charity starts at home. What do you want to take money over there for? And, you know, and you just yeah. think of it with a pinch of salt and just say, you know, thanks for your time. Um, because like you say, the, the end goal is more important. You know, I'm not going to waste time on people with that kind of mindset when, you know, we, the, the bigger goal is more important. But, um, yeah. in, so in, in terms of, um, those characteristics that you obviously clearly taken from being an NFL star and like wanting to pursue, um, almost personal excellence, uh, for yourself in terms of the mountain climbing and stuff like that. Do you feel that it really helps you in the position you are now um, being an executive at, at Sports Illustrated? Well, I think all these things are, you know, interchangeable. You know, I think, you know, having grit, courage, um, integrity, um, consciousness, um, awareness. I mean, I think all those things to having daily discipline um, having goals. I write down my goals every day. Like, what am I, what do I need to do for this day? I write them all down. I have a schedule. I know where I go, you know, at this point in time, I'm doing this podcast and the next hour I'm doing this and that my, my day fills up very quickly, um, doing those different things. And, um, with sports illustrated, it's amazing because we just uh, recently took control of the company and, you know, you're talking about an iconic brand and at the same time, kind of revolutionizing it into the digital world which has been a great joy for me. Um, but again, we're, we're kind of at the tip of the iceberg and we're ruffling a lot of feathers. And, and part of that just comes with um, being a change agent. And being a change agent means like, you know, you gotta stay committed to what you're focused on and what you're committed to and go through this exact same steps that I'm doing. The thing I just don't like about it um, is, and this is just the corporate world, is that I love being out and about and so much of it is me being tethered to my computer. Um, but that's the world I live in. That's how I, uh, I monetize my life. 
And, you know, it's an exciting place to be um, because of the sports history behind that company. Yeah, no, I, I bet it's absolutely fantastic. Um, would you, um, you talked about your day then. Um, do you have a particular like morning routine? And I know a lot of sort of people I know um, and a lot of entrepreneurs, they tend to have uh, quite a rigid morning routine that they try and stick to as best they can. To yeah. Fresh for the day. Is there something that, or a few things in particular that you do that you can share with the listeners? Yeah, here, here it is. Um, I, 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 I think the biggest thing for everybody, and again, getting back to this thing called being, um, uh, you know, inspirational, whatever you want to call it, but I call it FOF, which is feet on floor. And I think the hardest thing for so many people is to get out of bed. So after I take my first big breath of air and brush my teeth, I'm out the door early in the morning and I go do CrossFit for one hour every single day. I'm lifting weights, I'm doing pull-ups, I'm doing push-ups. I got a ton of burpees. I'm sure you've done a zillion burpees, you know, in your day. Um, and uh, I, I do that after I, after I, uh, I, I come back to my, my home here in Sun Valley. Um, I whip up my thing called a seven summit smoothie. So this is protein powder, you know, um, all of these different potions. It's got bananas, strawberries, blueberries, almond butter, all kinds of great stuff. And that just makes me, gets me off to the right mindset of the day. You know, by the time I take a shower and I sit down on my computer, I feel like I've almost done, you know, more just in those two hours than most people get going because they're just getting up. And so it really puts me in the right mindset. And so then I go throughout my day with Sports Illustrated. I get that done in around four o'clock every day. Um, then I go out and I climb the mountain. Um, you know, during the summer, I'm, I'm climbing and mountain biking during the, during the, uh, the wintertime. You know, I'm skinning up, I'm touring um, up the mountain and skiing down at night with a headlamp. And it's cold, it's uncomfortable, but I get two a day workouts in. And again, that's what's going to put me in the best possible position to get up and back on Everest safely. Um, to that point, going back last January, 2019, uh, and I, I'm in Antarctica, and there's a guy that um, I was paired with um, from the great state of, of Utah in Salt Lake City, and he's a guy, his name is Don Cash, and, and Don, um, good, really good guy, family guy, but he hadn't done any of the work. We, we did climb uh, Vincent successfully, he struggled along with a few other people all the way up the mountain, very careless in the way that he would um, climb, losing things, ice axe, water bottles, gloves, all kinds of stuff. Six months before that, he'd been on, on Denali, roughly around the same time I was there, had lost three fingers, part of his nose, and he was on Everest uh, this last spring. You probably saw the big lineup, um, the, the log jam up on top there, and he hadn't prepared in the right way, and he was super slow. And uh, he got up there, literally got to the top, raised his hand in the air, fell over and died. So he's still up there on Everest. And so um, even though I, I know I'm way more prepared, I don't think he loved the process. And yeah. I think when we get back to, to all this stuff from your military um, background, the things you're doing today, the things I'm up to, the things I've been in my, my past, I can honestly say for the most part, so many of these things that, that, that I'm doing, I love the process. You know reaching the, 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 the pinnacle of Everest will be cool, but I love the day-to-day, -day, the 364 days of the year that I'm not on top of Everest, but I'm working towards that goal of getting there, right? And that's, I think that's where people fall short and they don't have that strong why 
then that's where they, 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 it's too easy to quit because things come up and they're too tired. Or it's too cold or it's too wet or, you know, the dog ate the paper, you know, something comes down where it's just like, I'm not following through this, but you know, if you love the process and you have a strong why, because of the reason that you're doing this particular goal, I think it can help you just like blow through anything that you want to do in life. Yeah, and no, I, I totally, 100% totally agree with you. It's um, the same as in our life itself. It's all about like, you know, the dot to dot. Um, what's your dash going to be in the middle? Um, and it's very similar to a particular journey or a particular goal. Like, you, you know, you're the starting dot, you've got the end dot. You've got to enjoy that, that long, that dash in the middle, like no matter how long it is. Um, it's, it's just really, really important. Otherwise, you're not, you're not concrete in what your why is otherwise. Yeah, you know, I have my, my name of my podcast, I'm not trying to name drop my podcast, but I will, um, only for this point, is the name of it is called um, Finding Your Summit, right? And if you think about it, it's metaphorical. And it goes back to your point you made about five minutes ago about things that you're going after. You're climbing, 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 step after step, going up a mountain, trying to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. And for me, I don't think it's one summit. I think it's we go in life, like your summit might have been being in the military and protecting your country and you really worked after that and now you're on to another summit of your life just like i've had my married life i've had my football life this is my climbing life i've got my business life and every one of these is a new summit but when you're you know when you're trying to fund your summit again tying it back to your why and your purpose and all those other cool things you know that's where you really start to live life at its fullest and you know, you, you, I, I love the name of your podcast, you know, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying this exactly right, but uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And I think we're all ordinary. And I think we all have the capability of doing extraordinary things. Hmm. I mean, I think that's just the bottom line. And, and so it's a choice on what you want to do with your life and how you want to lead it. Yeah, 100%. And this is exactly why I just love getting guests on the show, people like yourselves, um, guests we've got to come up in the future, is just the messages that you all have um, as ordinary people doing extraordinary things are so relative to the audience because peeps, majority of people are in that situation where they want to go and do something, but they just haven't picked up the bag yet, they, but they're sat on the edge of their seat, you know? Um, yeah. And that's the purpose of the podcast is to get those people from the edge of the seat to picking up that bag and going out the door. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like it, 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 it you know, a lot of times people go, well, you played in the NFL or you're climbing. It could be as simple as a 10 K race. It could be as simple as making a blanket. You know, it doesn't have to be some crazy extreme. I'm going to swim the English channel. It doesn't have to be about that but it's about doing something that you've never done and you're uncomfortable because you're not sure of the outcome. And the best way to, to, to attack those things again is just taking that first step up the mountain. And yeah. that's how you get to great achievement. And, and then that's when then people look in your like, wow, that's really cool. And then you go, you know, you, you kind of rise up a little bit more and you're, you gun out your shoulders and your chest comes out and you're like, God, if I can do that, maybe I can do this. And that's where then these, 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 um, I don't know, these successes start to come and, and you really start to shine as a person. Um, so in respect to like goal setting and like the next big thing, once you've done Everest, is, uh, is there anything bigger or better to 
kind of go for? Or would you say once you've done it, you kind of got right. to have a system? I'm uh, going to go challenge myself in new ways. I want to uh, go to Papua New Guinea. There's a mountain there called Carson's Pyramid. I'm going to go climb that. I want to go down into uh, South America and climb some volcanoes. Um, as I said, I want to travel, get in a little sprinter van and cruise across the U.S., see the U.S., um, and, and tag every mountain, um, the highest mountain in every, um, in every state. I've already done four of the hardest ones, so the rest of it's pretty much downhill, but still be a challenge. Um, I think, you know, for me, um, just because I'm, I'm very physical, that's what I tend to um, be drawn to. So um, it might be a book, too. I don't know. But it, it, it's something like the more physical challenges that, that are out there, um, you know, Tough Mudder races, um, uh, Spartan races, CrossFit type stuff, running up mountains. Um, I mean, it's endless seeing, seeing the world, but not, just, but not just seeing it, doing it in a way that there's adventure travel connected yeah. to it. That's what I really seem to identify with. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, I've got a good friend of mine, Jordan Wiley. He's, um, he's an adventurer here in the UK. And he's, he's actually wrote a couple of books. And one of the things he's done was um, he ran through Somalia, Iraq, and Afghanistan. So the three most wow. violent countries in the world. Um, but what he wanted to do is basically show the world that what the news shows you isn't everything. So um, he's... I, he's obsessed with creating a better life for frontline children, which is the name of his charity. So yeah. kids, kids in war-torn countries, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, and he wrote a book off the back of that. And he always says to me, like, the book, your book is the best business card you can ever have um, yeah. in terms of sort of further opportunities and stuff. But going back to what you're saying about, um, you know, not just stopping somewhere, going to the next big thing, obviously to raise money in the, the way he does. Um, he did Kilimanjaro, but... The big difference between raising 500 pounds doing Kilimanjaro because so many people summit it to, for charities, he had to do it in a way that was totally unique. So he did it completely barefoot. Um, and he said that's the difference between make, raising 500 pounds and 500,000 pounds. I, I can't even imagine that. You know, I've been up it twice and there's a lot of shale and rock up that mountain. Um, not so much, you know, not to mention, you know, it gets cold on that final summit day, but that's, that's an incredible achievement, but it's yeah. stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's, 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 it's using the power of curiosity and it's using the power of creativity to come up with new um, ways to go help people. I mean, I've, I've now, the first time I went down to Kilimanjaro now, like eight, eight years ago, um, I raised some money for some boys and girls clubs. And I don't know the, 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 um, uh, the uh, the exchange rate when we're talking pounds of dollars, but I I, um, I raised ten thousand dollars U.S. dollars, right? Whatever that comes out to be as as a pound. And then I went when I my second time, which is three years ago or two years ago now, Kilimanjaro as part of this charity group, I raised forty seven thousand dollars, built wow. uh, build a water well, you know, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to raise you know almost thirty thousand dollars, you know, for the National Epilepsy Foundation. And I'll do it because I'm going to be relentless about it. And I'm going to be a pain in the ass to everybody. Um, but, you know, it's that important to, 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 to try to heal my daughter. And so, you know, when you talk about to your audience, you know, like, what's that thing that's so important to you that you'd be willing to do anything for to go get it and to make it happen? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It's, um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why, you know, Jordan does what he does because he's trying so hard to, 
raise all this money to help kids in war-torn countries and like he's building a school in Africa and to be honest that you know I reckon if you reached out to him there's probably a lot of stuff you could probably do together like collaboratively um and Jordan can uh, buy me a beer next time he sees me for this uh, awesome plug-in that I've given him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, so it, it's, it's just for a run-in-the-mill guy, you've got like an amazing life, you know, you've, you've been through your professional NFL career, working as a senior executive uh, in, in Sports Illustrated and climbing like seven summits all the way around the world, so obviously well-traveled and stuff. Is um, it, what's the kind of normal stuff you like to do you know, for the average person? As in, what do you like to do to chill out? Well, look, I'm like everybody else. You know, I, I have my two daughters are 21 and 23. They're coming over here for the Christmas season, and so I'll be spending time with them, my family, my mother. Um, uh, you know, going out and and having a beer and, and yakking it up. You know, again, I do podcasts like you, Finding Your Summit, and it, it's it's um. I don't know. It's just like, I, 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 I for me, I, I find watching, spending a lot of time in front of the TV kind of a, a waste of time, generally speaking, um, just because it just eats up time when you can be doing something else. And again, I, I don't look at the extraordinary. I mean, you're being very kind to me and, and recognizing like some of these things that I've done. But again, I go back to look at all the things that I haven't done and the, the amount of time I have left on earth to accomplish these things. And so the more I'm up thinking about them and what I can do about it um, and start planning, you know, post Everest about how we're going to achieve these things, then I think the happier I'm going to be. No, well, there it is in a nutshell, ladies and gents. It's, um, it, and that relates so well to so many guys and girls out there is that you're, you're finding all these, um, these amazing things that are out there that are, that are achievable for anybody. You've just got to put your mind to it. And it's not only making you happy, but it's sort of making you fulfilled as well, because obviously For sure. Everest is you know, part of that big fulfillment. And that's what a lot of people have got to sometimes look at it deeply in their own lives is, you know, are you actually happy what you're doing right now in the goal that you're potentially perceiving um, to achieve? And um, like from a professional point of view, for example, you know, you get so many people out there in the corporate world, as you, you all know, that smash themselves like 100, 120 hours a week to earn all this money, but deep down they're not happy at all because you know they're never seeing their families, never seeing their babies at bath time. They're not, you know, doing the things that really matter. Um, so there's no real fulfilment there, um, and that's why you get so many mental health problems in the corporate world, isn't it? Because people are just burnt out almost. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And. I don't want to be one of those casualties. And so I literally moved my, my life to a little small um, ski town in the middle of, of uh, Idaho uh, here in the U.S. And, um, you know, I train at 6,000 feet and, um, you know, I, I try to have that. It's hard to do, but have that, that, that work play, um, you know, life balance versus being so top heavy on go to work early in the morning, take an hour and a half commute sit at your desk for nine hours, take an hour and a half commute home, don't take care of your body, don't take care of your mind, and get unhappy and everything else that goes with it. I'm not going to go down that path. No, I, well, and I'm sure the guys and girls that are listening that have taken on all these amazing lessons that you shared with us will um, hopefully take that all in and that you can lead themselves down a, a, high, well, a much more motivated path that 
you know, leads to greater goals that they want to achieve because I know, I know there's so many people in the audience and from the feedback that I get that um, often say that to me, that the guests they've had on you know, have been so relative and have really inspired them to go on and do stuff. You know, some people have gone on to, like, I've started writing a book because some of the guests that I've had on, which, is, which has been amazing. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity now to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure. I, I love having guests on like yourselves who have, you know, achieved so so much through you know real hard work and determination and that that grit, as you say, and that, that willingness to get off that couch and pick that bag up and just you know do one more and one more and one more to be the best version of yourself. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time out, Mark, to come on the show and, and share that all with the listeners. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, and something I, I tell my daughters, and this is kind of my parting shot here is, um, and they roll their eyes because they've heard it 5,000 times, but whenever they, you know, I drive them to school, they jump out the door and they go, hey, just remember, it takes a little more to make a champion. And when you break that down, it does. If you want to go to the extra length, if you want to win that extra trophy, if you want to have more satisfaction, personal satisfaction, gratification of what you're doing, it takes a little more to make a champion. So Listen, AJ, I really appreciate coming on your pod. It's been awesome. You're awesome. If anybody wants to reach me, they can do that. Uh, MarkPattisonNFL.com. Pretty simple. I reach out and I communicate with everybody. So, um, so, so grateful for having me on. Well, absolute pleasure, mate. And guys and girls, I'll put all the um, tags and everything from Mark's um, social media handles and his website and that all in the show notes. Uh, and obviously, you'll be able to see it on, on social media as well once we get the episode out there. Um, but Mark, thanks very much, mate. Guys, um, you've heard an amazing amount of content here that I really hope you take away and you know you utilize to, to to your best interest and what you want to achieve and where you want to go. You know, like there's so much here that, that Mark shared that will help you unleash your potential um, to achieve your goals, you know, and live your purpose. So play it over and over again if you need to. There's so much amazing stuff here. That Mark shared with us. But from for now, from me and from Mark, go out there, guys, and be the best version of you. <laughs>